Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's going to be a tough one. What's going on, y'all? It is Believe in Ravens. We are back. We being Kyrie Thompson, that's me. And my other guy over here, Daniel Wilcox, former Ravens tight end. We are back after the bye, and the Ravens are about to be back in action. First of all, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to play like a Raven. You don't have this bye week. I only had a little break and rested up right now. Shit, I'm ready to go, yeah. baby. Let's turn up it, on these boys. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> you want you want to suit up. I, I think I think your your body is all nice and rested, you know, ready, ready to put some snaps in. Yeah, man. You know, I, I I still got a couple snaps left in me. Shoot, you know, I can take this take this thing off right quick. Put this helmet back on for a play or two. Okay, but but for real, you know, it's it, <laughs> <laughs> look f- funny. Yeah. Look, I just gotta say, keep the orange cap on. Because first of all, the orange cap is dope. Second of all, appreciate you, bro. I mean, you know, don't don't hurt yourself. But I also I, I'm curious <laughs> about this, man. Like a lot of people will be like. To look at a guy who's played before and be like, oh, yeah, you look like you could still play. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm always curious, man. Like, I feel like I got a few snaps. Like, do you think that, like, if you stretched and stuff like that, do you think you could hold up for, say, like, three snaps in the NFL right now? Could you say that again? Uh, it, it really depends on whether or not, you know, what kind of plays it is, first and foremost. You know, if you got me running maybe some short routes, I can definitely run three routes back to back to back. And then I'm, I'm tapping out for sure. You know, as long as I'm not getting bumped and pushed and shoved and, you know, I can definitely run three routes on anybody and, and probably catch all three. If you threw them all to me, like a couple of hitches, you know, some Zorro routes, some, some shallow crosses and stuff like that. I could probably catch them right now and everything. My understanding of the game today is better than it was when I actually played, you know, so I can definitely find those holes and sit down in those zones a little bit easier than I did when I actually played. You know, Isn't it's that so, always it's, how it is, right? It's like when when you're not doing a thing anymore, yeah. you sit there and you think about it, and you're just like, man, why didn't I know this when I was playing, or why wasn't I thinking about this when I was playing, or when I was running track? That's the I, thing that always gets it for me. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it's always like that, but it's like that for a lot of us. You know, it's it's some of us that's very different, like your Ray Lewis's, you know, your Peyton Manning's, your your Tom Brady's. Those guys, it, they knew it the way that we wish we had known it when we played. You know, they was 20 years retired and still playing, you know, like like they've been retired for 20 years. Basically, when they was out there on the field, they just they, they knew stuff just as good as the coaches, if not better than the coaches. The coaches, all they do is study, study, study the playbook because they don't have to play. All we do is rep, 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 you know, to try to get the plays down. We, we, we feel like if we do it more physically, then we'll pick, we'll pick up on it faster than just studying it over and over and over and over again. And then we still have to study. So the coaches are, are, I think, more versed because they do go over it and they look at all the ins and outs and you know of every single play and the outcomes and what happened this play, what happened that play. When you're playing, everything feels like it's going a million miles per hour. You feel like you don't have time to, to study like that, man. But you do. You really do it. You just got to cut everything out, all the distractions out that's on the side of you. You got to you got to get a new phone number every year, you know, cut your family members off, can't talk to mom and dad every day. And you just got to study, man. You got to really put yourself in that playbook. You got to give you got to give up having a personal life to really get it the way that it should be got when you while you're a player. And I think that's why it's so interesting when you see guys like Tom Brady, you know, mm-hmm. dudes who have been in the league for that long and just wondering if it gets to a point where you've seen enough to where 
you're not necessarily studying nonstop all the time. But I mean, look, man, I feel if you're going to play in the league that long, yeah, it, it can't just be off pure athleticism. Right. It's, it's got it. That's got to be part of you have to have the mental edge, man. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's funny. You, you talked about, you know, maybe you could run some short routes. I always love those little questions that people will ask on on Twitter, social media, on X or whatever you want to call it. This be like if we gave you the Eagles or like San Francisco 49ers offensive line mm-hmm. and five carries, do you think you could get 10 yards? And it's like, there's a part, there's always that part where it's like, oh yeah, well, they're just blowing people off the ball. Like I could fall forward for a couple of yards, but I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, that's great until you get hit one time and then you might never walk again. It's like, do you want, do you want to do that? Even if it's just like, could you get 10 yards for like a million dollars? I'm just like, look, man, all I got to say is I haven't had a million dollars before in Mm -hmm. my life. It would be great to have it, but it's not absolutely necessary. I would, however, like to be able to walk, you know, and and, right. and have and and uh, <laughs> be able to like speak to people, to be able yeah. to talk to my child, be mm-hmm. it, it, it be cognizant, not become a vegetable. So I could deal without trying that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think people realize how hard it is. Like you see it, you watch it, you 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 know. But most people can't walk outside and trip up over a crack and fall down. And get up without hurting themselves. Seriously, you know, like people get their mess up their backs getting off the couch. Like, yeah, you you step on a, a, an even uneven pavement, and you sprain your ankle, and you on crutches for the next three, four, three weeks. You know, three to four weeks, and we sprain our ankles almost every day, and we still out there running full speed, planting, cutting, you know, changing direction, the whole nines. And some people don't realize how hard it is to run full speed, get hit, and your body has to actually change direction and end up on the ground with somebody on top of you. And you have to be able to absorb that impact and get up and go do the next play over and over again. So just being able to do that alone to get to to be able to absorb a hit coming full force when you're running one direction and somebody else is running another direction. And now your body goes this direction. That's probably the worst hit that you'll probably ever get when you lose that stalemate is there's when there is no stalemate and he runs actually right through you. That's a tough hit hit to take. That's a tough hit to take. Yeah. Yep. I've been I've been hit like that. I've hit people like that. You know, yeah. it, it's it's really fun when you're on the other end of it. But yeah. yeah, no, when that's you, you're lying and looking up at the sky, just being like, what did I do to deserve this? And the answer is you put on pads and a football helmet. Uh, but let's talk about what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens. As I said, out of the bye, it's about to be week 14 in the NFL season. And the Baltimore Ravens are looking pretty good right now. They are nine and three. Second overall in the AFC in terms of seeding. First, is this more or less what you expected? Did you believe that the Ravens would be in this spot right now? Absolutely. I really thought we would be 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 and 0 right now. You know, I really was thinking we would be undefeated. And I really, we have some moments throughout this season that make you scratch your head and make you be like, man, how did we lose that game? And, um, and you know, what happened just now? And we've had a couple of those bonehead games where you just, where you just uh, – uh, the other team get paid, too. They got to win a game here and there. So it's like it's hard to go undefeated in the NFL. It's almost darn impossible, you know. But I feel like we have that type of team this year where we could have done that. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how these next um, four to five weeks play out, you know, to see how we end this thing because we do have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL. And I, I think – I really do believe we built for it. We, we absolutely is built for the schedule that we have 
And if anybody could have been 12 and 0 right now, it could have been us. And I just, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. I felt like from the beginning of the season that this could be an undefeated season. This could definitely be a Super Bowl team. And I just finished watching some on um, social media today, Kyrie. They was talking about how the Super Bowl logos and the NFL is rigged because the Super Bowl logos always have the colors of the teams that's going to actually play in the Super Bowl. If you ever pay uh -oh. attention to the logos and you go back years, it's always the same colors of the teams that's playing against each other. This year is red and purple, the Super Bowl logo. So that would be the Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. If you well, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, man. If hey, it you know is what? Hey, maybe, maybe that's just somebody's really good betting odds. So you know right. what? Maybe maybe you should look at that and, and look at the Super Bowl logos. And maybe it's just somebody who's just, just an incredible, just, just better. And just go off of that. Go ahead and smash those Ravens 49ers futures right now in the Super Bowl. And that would be a hell of a matchup if we're if we're gonna yeah. if we're gonna front on that. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, right? We got we got some stuff to do. We still got games to play, right? But it, it's interesting because even when you look back at the games that the Ravens have lost, they're obviously games that they should have won. They obvious like they could have been twelve and zero, and I feel like it would have been absolutely justified, right? Mm -hmm. The games that they've lost to the Browns, the Colts. And the Steelers, the, the Browns being something of an interesting case because their offense hasn't necessarily been that amazing. Um, and, and now they're down to a backup quarterback. But those are all those are all winning teams or at least 500 teams. Like, look at the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Right. We were we were talking about them just kind of looking at, you know, and, and starting from um, Anthony Richardson not being in the lineup that week and thinking, well, you got the backup quarterback, you should win this game. Right. And, and I think that probably the first instinct a lot of us had is like, man, the, the Colts aren't about to do anything. You're down to Gardner Minshew. That's bad luck, but it is what it is. And that is not how it has gone for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, Shane Steichen's got them playing some kind of inspired football and they're out there winning with Gardner Minshew, which is again, he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league, right? But sure. you look at at the the records of the team they've lost they've lost against Colts seven and five, Browns seven and five, and Steelers seven and five. So all your losses are to winning teams. You've taken care of the guys that you're the, the teams that you're supposed to take care of, obviously mm -hmm. in terms of record, and you've still beaten some pretty good teams, whooped up on some of the best teams in the NFC. And so I think all that goes to show. And and again, in those games that the Ravens lost, they should have won those games, and they didn't execute. Which is, look, if you if you don't execute, you lose. That is what it is. Um, but I think that when you you look at the Ravens and what they have shown in terms of resume throughout the season, is that they are one of the best and most complete teams in the NFL. And it takes no less than another good team legitimately another good team mm -hmm. to take them down. I mean, I 100% agree. I mean, this this NFL thing has been – it's been mind-blowing pretty much all, all season long, you know. And it's so funny, like, listen to the commentators talk about the NFL and which team is the best team. Every week it's a different team, right? Yeah, at one point it was the Detroit Lions. At one point it was the Philadelphia Eagles. At one point it was the Baltimore Ravens. And as soon as they lose, they're jumping on to the next team because it's it's so it's so hard to to balance all the talent. The talent is just so tremendous in this league. You know, overall the entire spectrum of talent is so phenomenal. 
that it's so hard to really gauge who is truly the best team in the NFL. The coaching staffs are extremely talented. Now there's more and more players getting back into coaching, so they got some very talented guys to be able to help them with on-the-field stuff, not just the head stuff, the X and the O stuff, but actually the technique stuff that's on the field. So these guys are getting developed more and more and more week in and week out. They're playing a technique to a T. You know, Ravens got two of the best inside linebackers in the entire league. You know, number zero and number six, boy. Mm -hmm. Roquan mm -hmm. Smith and Patrick Queen, those guys are playing like absolute demons on the field this year. And I mean, they're fast, they're physical, they get into the ball. And then they're like, all right, if you get a tackle this play, I got the next one. You know, it's, 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 it's back and forth, back and forth. They're only almost every tackle together. And they're kind of, it's iron sharpening iron. You know, just the mentality of those two guys playing together, the smarts and the brains that are coming from that defensive backfield is phenomenal. And then the Ravens secondary is getting better and better week in and week out. Every single week, super proud of those guys, just watching them develop as a crew. You know, getting Marcus Williams back, I think, is huge for us, man. And and Geno Stone, I mean, how do you keep him off the field this year? You know, really, how do you keep that guy off the freaking football field, the way he's played, leading the whole league in interceptions? And he's just been phenomenal week in and week out, and he's not even the starter most of the game. So it's just, it's just been a phenomenal phenomenal progression to see how the Baltimore Ravens this year has, has developed and I can't wait to see what happens these next five weeks going into the playoffs and how we finish up this season strong. And and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about the Ravens this year. I can't say enough about it. I believe in the Ravens. So do I. And yeah. look, if we didn't, the name of this podcast would be a little bit odd. But as yeah. it turns out, we do both believe in the Ravens. <laughs> I'm Kyrie Thompson. That's Daniel Wilcox. So look, real quickly, and I feel like I know exactly what your answer is, is going to be on this, but... Do you think that at the end of this season, the Baltimore Ravens will be the number one seed in the AFC and get that first round by? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the question is, do I think we need a first round by? I don't think we need a first round by. I think we just need to play. I think we need to play week in and week out, prepare week in and week out. I think a first round by actually hurts us. I don't think we play well coming back out of the bye. We'll see this week against the Rams for sure. I don't think we just I don't think we're a great team coming out of the bye. I, I, it's it's a hard mentality to kind of get over. You rest, you go see your family, you check out of football for about three days, and then you have to get back into football, and then your preparation could lack or, or falter, or your body chemistry has relaxed because it hasn't taken the punishment that it normally takes week in and week out, and now it's kind of relaxed a little bit. Now you go into it kind of flat, and you're not playing 100 miles per hour like you did before you went into the bye. So I do think we will have a first-round bye. I do think we'll be number one at the top of the AFC, but I do not think it's the the, the best thing for the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so with, with that, because, again, as, as we mentioned, the Ravens currently are the second seed in the AFC right now. Let me check the standings real fast because it mm -hmm. slipped my mind. The, the Miami Dolphins are the number one seed. They, they're tied. They have the same record. And they deserve both, it. They're both nine and three, yeah. but the Dolphins um, have seventy have, points one game. Yeah, so they've they've got they've got yes, <laughs> so they've got tie, they've got tiebreaker. Um, but what you said is interesting to me. So let's say the, the Ravens finish as the number two seed. Let's say the order stays exactly the same. Do you mm -hmm. think that would be better for the Ravens to get the number two seed? And, and you would still have home field advantage over every team not named the Miami Dolphins. Would you prefer that? I would love that. I think 
us having home field advantage through the playoffs, it benefits us tremendously. The Baltimore Ravens and M&T Bank Stadium and downtown Baltimore is a, a great environment for football. It's going to be freezing cold. Um, the Ravens are prepared for it. We do have an indoor facility, but we don't always use it. We are Sometimes we can be bougie, but we're, we're not always a bougie <laughs> team. you know. But I think that would be perfect. I think our fans are the best, some of the best freaking fans in the entire world i mean I, I literally i mean that i've been in germany i played in germany so i've been around the world you know yeah. so i feel like the ravens fans at mt bank stadium is a hard group of fans to 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 win it you know like the atmosphere is so freaking electric like i can remember like I, this, i'm gonna give a quick story right quick i know we got to get out of here Kyrie. we ain't got all day but i remember like you know coming into baltimore and I remember our first game we played at home and they introduced the defense. And then, you know, they they call all the defense out player by player by player. And it just – you could hear the, the you know, the yeah. temperament of the stadium just kind of building, building, building. And then they would call out, you know, Ed Reed. And then Ed Reed would come out and they would go nuts. Like, you, could, you know, it's ear piercing. Like, you could hear the ringing in your ear. And then they would change the song and Nelly song would come on and you would hear that, that, that Scooby-Doo sound. And then it would drop. Oh, it's a little bit of hot, hot. And then Ray Lewis will come out, grab the grass, sniff the grass, rub it all over his chest. And then he'll start doing the swirl dance, you know, the dance from Florida. He would do every time he came out. And then that place would absolutely erupt. They started doing pyrotechnics, you know, with that. And they started, pop, you know, popping out all the fireworks when he come out and stuff. It was like watching something off the movie Gladiator. It was just, it was like watching something on the big screen, like an IMAX with surround sound. And it is unfrequently, the whole stadium is rumbling. You can feel the ground grounded, the, the, the ground trembling mm -hmm. because it is so freaking electric. I've never seen that in anything else like it. The thing that I think that impressed me more than anything, like the first time I was impressed with us and how we did everything and how everything went down. Over the years, it became me not looking at Ray no more and me looking at the other guys on the other sideline watch Ray come out, right? So now it transforms to us, to me being in awe, to me being in awe about the other team being in awe about what they're seeing right now. It's one of the most detonating things that you've ever seen. When you watch the whole other team looking up at the big jumbotron, they like, and it's like they can't, they are in awe, like watching it. Like they smiling. Some of them are smiling. Some of them are like, bro, what is going on right now? That whole atmosphere is one of the most electric atmospheres I've ever been in. I went on a Super Bowl run in Tampa and I was in New York with the Jets, you know, and the Jets, the Jets is probably one of the best teams in the country ever played this game of football, man. And there's just a lot of history there with Joe Namath, Joe Namath and Broadway Joe, you know, back in the, in the old days, man. And just so much history in New York, period. And I've seen stadiums after stadium after stadium. I've been to Seattle to the 12th man. I've seen all that stuff. But I'm telling you right now, M&T Bank, <laughs> playoffs at home, week in and week out. And if the Ravens come out on fire every single game, it's going to be trouble for anybody that stepped foot on that field. So I would love to see that. You know, us going in at number two, we have home field throughout. And then everybody got to come through Baltimore to get to that Super Bowl. It's going to be a problem. And the thing is, like you would have the, the Ravens would have in that scenario number two throughout the playoffs, unless the Dolphins kept on winning and held serve, and then and then you then you go to Miami. The thing exactly. is, I mean, in terms of the matchup, I'll take the Ravens defense, you know. And, and look, look, that is that's the most explosive offense in, in, in the NFL. We need it, we want and, it. And you got and you got Tyreek and you got Jalen Waddle, they're yeah. gonna score, they yeah. are gonna score, but yeah. 
You also know they're probably not going to score as much as they would. And look, the, the, the last matchup those two teams had was incredible. And I think it would be incredible again. And again, at, just, just a quick note before we move on. If the season ended today, the Ravens would be facing off against those those blasted Indianapolis Colts as the seventh seed. But you know that's probably going to change. There are a lot of teams in that seven and five, six and six, you know, five and seven range. So it's probably not going to be that exact same team when the season ends. But that's the kind of team that you would be playing. So, look, there ain't going to be no tough outs, but you would prefer the Ravens to have that at home. Now, let's move on to what we've got directly in front of us, and that would be Week 14, Baltimore Ravens against the Los Angeles Rams. Getting back into action at MT Bank Stadium. What do you think? So I, I heard you say right before we got we got started with this, you're like, man, Rams, that's gonna be tough. Yeah. What's got you concerned? What what you thinking about right now? I think they're starting to get healthy. You know, they're a team that started, they remind me of the Ravens like three years ago, four years ago, where we started to get we had a bunch of injuries early on, and then we started to get healthy late towards the season. They're starting to get hot. And when you start to get hot this late in the season, you know, you start to feel like you can beat anybody. You know, and they know coming in here is going to be a tough game. They know they got the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens earned their respect you know, back in 96. You know, so that's it's been a long time. You know, you come into Baltimore, you got troubles, you got problems. But they also know that we could be beat. You know, we lost to three teams that we shouldn't have lost to, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Indianapolis Colts. And I don't even remember the last one. What was the last one? The Cleveland Browns? Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. yeah, so we lost to three teams we probably shouldn't have lost to. And the Cleveland Browns defense is a phenomenal defense. The Dolphins is – I mean, the um, the Rams are, are hot right now. You know, the guys are playing fast football, fast-paced football. Matthew Stafford is finally healthy. He's out there getting the ball and delivering the ball to these guys, you know, left and right. So I, I think they got a pretty high-power offense, and their defense is coming around and playing extremely well as, as well. So it's definitely going to be a tough game for the Baltimore Ravens. We know every week in and week out it's going to be a tough game anyway. We just got to be ready and we got to be prepared for this. I, I just told you, I don't think we play well coming off the bye. So that makes it even tougher for me in my mind, you know, coming out of the bye week and, you know, having a couple of days off, you know, can really kind of shift up everything when you get into a rhythm of, you know, how you prepare week in and week out. Now your rhythm is kind of thrown off and now you have to come back and prepare for a team like the, like the Los, is it Las Vegas or Los Angeles? It's the Los Angeles Rams. Los, yeah. Los Angeles Rams. You know, it's just, it's this stuff changing so much now I can't even keep up. Yeah, but the Los Angeles Rams, you know, they're a tough team to beat. Yeah, and I mean, they were below 500 for a good portion there. Mm -hmm. You're almost thinking to yourself when Matthew Stafford got hurt that oh, right. maybe they're going to be cool. in running for for a top two pick in the draft or something like that. Mm -hmm. and they, have, they have swiftly gotten themselves back to 500. And when Matthew Stafford is healthy, you see some glimpses of that old Matthew Stafford. He can still put the ball pretty much anywhere right. you could possibly want it to go. And there's a little youth movement on offense over there that's really interesting. Puka Nakua, who I just want to say that was one of my favorite senior bowl players of right. this past year. He he just stood out as a route runner, just, just playing gets open. And, you know, obviously like, you know, end of like kind of the end of the draft kind of pick here, but I felt like all you had to do was get that guy to a good offensive system and a decent quarterback. And he was going to start producing right away because he just, yeah. that kind of player. Just people raved about his work ethic, his intelligence, his route running, all the technical things that you need to do as a wide receiver, and he's shown it. And I mean, when Cooper Cup, um, you know, wasn't healthy and they needed somebody to carry them, they turned to freaking Puka Nakua, a rookie, mm -hmm. and he got that done for them. And 
One of one of a really underrated player, I think, that came out of last year's draft and had a very nice career at Notre Dame, Kyron Williams, their running back. And he's he's really taken over as the guy in that backfield. He does it all. He can catch yeah. the ball out of the backfield. He's he's a, he's kind of a smaller guy, but he is fearless in blitz pickup. I mean, if that's gonna if, if there's any one thing that you can do as a rookie running back that'll endear you to a coaching staff, it's blitz pickup and showing you can be on the Absolutely. field all three downs. And look, he's a tough little runner. I think a lot of people talked kind of smack about, oh yeah, well he's not that big, and you know he's 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 not he's not fast. Don't you think he ran like a four six or a four seven or something like that? And everybody was like, come on, man, Kyron Williams, like that 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 ain't it. That's not gonna cut it at the NFL level. Looks like it's moving just fine because in the end, it's all about play speed. How fast do you play? Kyron Williams plays fast. He plays fearless, plays aggressive. He's not an easy guy to to tackle, you know, for for a small guy. He's tough, man. And I and I think that look on the other side of the ball, Aaron Donald's one of the best defensive players that's ever played football. So let's just go ahead and put that out there. And I mean, that that is a tall. If you're talking about like guys like Miles Garrett, right? That is just going to be tough for everybody. Mm-hmm. So is Aaron Donald. I mean, it's basically right. like if, if Aaron Donald feels like he just wants to beat you a on man. a given play, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna beat you. And it's not your fault. It's not because you're bad. He's just better than you. Yeah. Okay, he's better than everyone. So that's got to be number one on the <laughs> that's that's the number one on the list <laughs> is figure out how to deal you with hell. it. You hell, man. I mean, Aaron Donald is definitely, and he's a phenomenal player. He's probably the best to ever do it on the inside. And that's saying a lot. I played with guys like Warren Sapp and Jason Ferguson and Haloti Nada. I played with some dogs on the inside of that that thing, man. But Aaron Donald, the way he does things, has just been absolutely outrageous. It's been phenomenal. He's he showed the world and shocked the world weekend, you know, year in and year out, mm-hmm. that he showed you that he's for real. And um, we have to see him. I think if I had to say right now, the weakest link on our on our team, I would say it's the offensive line. You know, if I had to really say what's the week, and it's hard to say because you got Kyler Linderbaum, yeah. you know, you got Ronnie Stanley, you know, you got Morgan, Morgan Moses. You got some big dudes over there that can freaking play ball, man. They really could play. But if I had to say what's our weakest link, it's protecting Lamar. Like, you know, he's still out there running for his life sometimes. He don't get a chance to sit back there like a lot of quarterbacks and just pick your team apart and have all day to throw. And you see guys come in and play against us sometimes. They have all day to throw. But Lamar don't have that type of time all the time. And I wish he could. You give him time, boys. I like to see what he would do with it, you know, week in and week out. I really would like to see with him having no pressure and no fear getting hit in the back or getting his knees blown out. You know, I would like to see what that looked like when he'll have to scramble for his life sometimes and run for his life every game. Um, if you could do that against Aaron Donald and company, then you're showing the world that you're for real. You know, so I'm calling our offensive line out this week. Let's go. Absolutely. Let's go. Ronnie Stanley, Morgan, Mo- Morgan Moses, who I really like. I love that guy. I love him as a person. You know, as a player, as a person, the whole nine yards, I, I, I like him a lot. You know, and Kylo Linderbaum, you know, since he came in, he's he's played phenomenal for us. You know, I want, I want, I'm calling them all out. Let's go. Offensive line, it's up to you guys. Let's see what you guys are going to do to stop Aaron Donald and company to give the Ravens this win this week coming off this bye. Absolutely. Now, I do want to point something out real quick. Yeah. Uh, just scroll, just scrolled social media and saw mm-hmm. that Lamar Jackson was not present at today at the media portion of today's practice obviously that doesn't mean that he's not at the facility or that he didn't show up later on but you know he spoke to reporters on wednesday wasn't listed on the injury report hopefully he's not sick again you know or or some some kind of issue you know comes up hopefully um you know it's it's just a 
you know, minor thing. And then you see him back on the practice field on Friday because you don't want to hear about Lamar Jackson not being available. But for now, we're going to assume that he is going to be available for the game and that the Ravens are going to beat the Rams because we believe in the Ravens 24-7 all the time. That's Danny Wilcox. I'm Kyrie Thompson. We are going to be back after next week's game, hopefully another Ravens winner that will put them at 10-3 and three and put them on another path towards being one of the top two seeds in the AFC. Peace out. Love it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.